Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor Q&B. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. All right, let's get to our guest now, Stephanie Holtzian, CIO APAC at Deutsche Bank International Private Bank and pick up there on uh, what we are seeing with the energy crisis deepening in Europe and leaders really scrambling to deal with it. How much of a concern here is that this could push us into a global recession? There's a lot of concern, of course, um, maybe not in regards to a global recession right away, but uh, for sure, if we look at Europe, we have been working on the assumption so far that Russia would not uh, switch off um, Nord Stream um, forever, you know, not giving away this uh, leverage they had in their hands. But now it's been made quite clear that they have been um, connecting the sanctions to their inability to repair in time. And therefore, um, you know, we have to assume that maybe that uh, pipeline um, technical issue will persist and we won't uh, get uh, Nord Stream back to where it was before, which was already below uh, capacity. So, so far, um, our assumption was that we may have a mild recession uh, in Europe, 75%. But of course, if... Um, you know, the underlying uh, um, assumption on that uh, changes. Um, it will look like more of a severe recession scenario. And of course, that's very worrying. And of course, yes, it has global implications. Um, mm -hmm. China is a main trading partner to Europe. Um, if Europe is sliding into recession, um, not just China, Europe, the US, everybody else will, of course, be impacted. What so. does it mean for the ECB? You're saying they will continue with rate hikes here? Yes, well, we are already have uh, seen quite a repricing last week um, on the ECB, more on the back of uh, um, council official uh, commentary than uh, what has transpired over the weekend on the energy side. But I guess it just uh, this uh, energy situation is just exacerbating the problem. Um, so 75 percent. Um, sorry, 75 basis points hike uh, look very much on the card on Thursday. And um, well, they have been stepping off their forward guidance, but we would expect uh, to get a bit of a clearer idea on Thursday as to what's the path ahead. Most probably that will be more on the hawkish side. All right. And moving to the Fed now as well, you're saying they're expected to remain hawkish. When we look at uh, what we saw in the, the jobs numbers, I mean, still a pretty strong labour market, still a very strong dollar as well. How much further tightening do you expect from the Fed? Yeah, well, to be honest, I saw some of uh, soft lending hints as well in this uh, labor market report. But then, of course, the JOLTS data uh, show still strong drop openings. So you have that mixed bag. And given what we learned at Jackson Hole, most probably as much as uh, one lower CPI print, also a bit of a softer data set um, from, uh, from the employment market most probably won't derail the Fed from their path to just front load as much as they can their rate 
uh, hiking path. Well, uh, we have a bit of more commentary ahead of the CPI next week on the 13th um, out of the U.S. before we go into blackout and then uh, into um, the next FOMC meeting on the 21st. But I guess that repricing is uh, is happened and is correct uh, to assume there will be more coming and more hawkish tonality from the Fed. Um, as we see data stay that way and not convincingly shift the other way around. So we saw about a 4% drop in the S&P 500 in August following that big drop that we saw in June as well, which was kind of, I guess, reversed by those July gains. Where do we trade for the rest of the year? I note that you're positive on energy and healthcare. Yes, um, actually... um there is uh, a fine balancing act, of course, that uh, will need to be delivered by the Fed. But so far, we're still um, working on uh, the basis that it will be only a mild recession. And consequently, also the asset um, repricings that will have to happen won't see um, you know, massive uh, uh, sell-offs. Mm. Then, of course, um, we must probably have a difficulty recover before we see the reality kicking in with the October earnings from yeah. the U.S. I think the market is very well uh, expecting that those will have more of a reality check mm-hmm. in regards as to how the economy is doing. China is going to accelerate its stimulus rollout in the third quarter, making moves to defend the yuan as well. When do we see a tipping point for better growth recovery in China? Well, that that's an excellent question. You know, um, we've been talking to each other over the past month and uh, I've been always a bit more optimistic on China compared to, to the rest of the street. Um, it looked like that the global headwinds and also um, all the news around the property sector has been depressing uh, sentiment again um, on asset prices. And um, of course, um, with the incoming data being still depressed because of the Euro COVID policy being followed to the you know, to the stringest uh, requirements, it's um, it's a situation where most probably we will have to uh, defer this view of getting uh, more cautiously optimistic into the fourth quarter rather than the third quarter. But I think because, um, you know, we have been opening a bit more positive today, and I think it's really down to um, the resolve uh, from China. We had these news that they totally understand they need to put everything in the third quarter or as much as possible in terms of the infrastructure uh, and fiscal support they are planning. They have already had lowered interest rates before, and now they've also shown us that with um, taking the reserve requirement for FX deposits down from 8 to 6%, that they're also uh, showing resolve and not letting the yuan depreciate to an extent Mm. that this will uh, have more um, outflows out of the country. What do you think in terms of whether or not it's it's right to invest into China heading into the latter part of the year? Morgan Stanley saying yesterday they expect consensus earnings downgrades to continue into the fourth quarter. Yeah, well, if you haven't been invested in China at all, there's obviously a few sectors to um, um, to uh, not look into, for instance, properties. Um, and then um, it's important to um, start scaling in um, in a cautious way, a cautious uh, manner. But if you have been investing so far, as we have been doing for our clients, for instance, we're just looking for opportunities and we keep in liquid mm. uh, alternatives to be able to, to make those moves. So right. it's um, that turning point everybody's waiting for most probably doesn't come at a switch it is something that you have to you know approach um, step by step and 
These valuations obviously already are quite interesting. We are waiting to see Japan fully open to tourism. I mean, that's something that I think the world is kind of opening, waiting for. The yen 140, I think Goldman Sachs saying could get to 145. How attractive are Japanese equities? Yeah, we have uh, recently, and that is a very tactical um, notion, um, actually taken up an overweight in the Japanese equity sector. Um, and at the same time, having reduced that AXJ, uh, overweight we had before, um, just in terms of timings to to look at, you know, if especially the yen trajectory stays the way it is, most probably it's something that will benefit um, that equity outlook even more. And then, uh, as we heard already, we have all these news in terms of reopening. It's cautious, of course, um, but it looks like uh, we will see a different style in terms of COVID management going forward and the tourism to be able to pick up um, on the back of it. What's the Australia picture look like for you? We're looking at potentially a fourth half point hike from the RBA, but there's been some pretty strong company earnings there. Well, personally, um, that's, uh, you know, we're just ahead of that decision. I was actually expecting, um, given that the RBA uh, RBA has already um, guided us, that maybe they take the foot off the paddle a little bit, um, that this won't be a 50 basis points hike, but maybe less. But maybe it's 50 basis points with the according uh, language around it. So I also, as you said, uh, you know, earnings are in a different, uh, are coming in slightly strong. We had a, already quite a sizable correction on the housing market. You know, maybe now is the time um, in the light of this to um, go off the pedal a little bit and very excited to see how it will turn out um, today. All right. Thank you so much, as always, for your time. Stephanie Holtzian is CIO APAC at Deutsche Bank International Private Bank with us. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor Q&B. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.